Hi, everyone. Welcome to Just Mental Health with Steph and M, the podcast where we discuss mental health issues from a social justice lens. I'm Emily. And I'm Stephanie. A quick disclaimer before we get started. We are mental health professionals, but this is not to be taken as professional advice. We are also aware that our privilege may cloud our perspective on some topics, and we not only welcome, but encourage you to message us with criticism and corrections. Let's get started. So let's go to our business of the week with a focus, with a focus on businesses owned by women and people of color. Yeah. So um, this business is called on black designs um it is own a black woman business owner um so she makes custom shirts and custom crafts and also some original designs oops sorry i had it pulled up on my facebook and i just lost it okay custom design t-shirts and designs geared toward black love pride and transcendence we bet our future, hashtag on black people, hashtag on black communities, and hashtag on black families. So clearly their hashtag is on black. Mm-hmm. So you can visit them on Instagram or Facebook. Um, again, it's called On Black Designs, and um, they are uh, located in Louisville, Kentucky. Sweet. That's awesome. Definitely check them out. Yeah. Definitely following them now. Um, sweet, awesome, yeah, yeah. and that's perfect <laughs> because, like you said, we're we were focusing on you know small business from women because today is going to be more focused, or it's going to be totally focused, I guess, on mm-hmm. um issues that will affect mostly women. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about you know, things that they never tell you in sex ed about your vagina, your vulva, your feminine care, Mm -hmm. um, and all that fun stuff. So um, disclaimer, if you are uncomfortable with medically, you know, correct terminology, anatomically correct terminology, um, then this is not the podcast for you because we're going to say vagina a lot. Um, so, and I encourage you to practice yourself saying that word if you find mm-hmm. that uncomfortable, because why do you find that uncomfortable? And that's another, like, just a quick point on that. Like mm-hmm. penis is people just are so much com- more comfortable saying penis than they are vagina. Yeah. And, and I think that's just like, a, a and even like know. any slang for penis, any of the slang, I feel like people say that way more than they say any slang term for vagina. Like even the, even the slang is considered more dirty than, yeah, you know, and it's like, but why? It's all the same. Yeah, exactly. And another thing that we should point out, um, we, you know, we want to make sure that we're being, um, inclusive of trans people. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we understand that a trans um, man also mm-hmm. has a vagina. May. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, may have a vagina. Thank you. Um, you know, so, it, so like, throughout this conversation, we may use some, like, 
cis cisgender yeah. kind of language. Um, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, so. yeah. Really, this is for you know we say like like feminine health, but really anyone that has a vagina. Um, yes. This is you need to know these things to care for it. So it doesn't matter how you identify. If you were born with one, you got to take care of it because um, mm. just like any other part of your body, you know, you you need to take care of it. So um, if you don't have a vagina, if you have a penis or or whatever, um, then this will still be good for you to know um, so that you can be informed about issues that people with vaginas have um, so that you can just be educated about sex and reproduction and anatomy in general. And if you, if you love anyone with a vagina, and I'm sure mm -hmm. that you do, at least one person out there, um, then this will help just help you be more informed about things that might go on with them that they yeah, might Yeah, and I with. think that we really need to in this society that we live in make make uh, talking about these issues more you know, less stigmatized cuz you know it's like the the second that um people without vaginas like hear you talking about vaginas they're like oh ew gross like i don't want to hear like like why <laughs> yeah. you know and like not everyone obviously and i do think we've made some progress in that arena mm -hmm. but um yeah it's seen as like ew i don't want to talk about that like that's weird that's gross because it's like like people want to just see a vagina and like women's reproductive organs as nothing but pleasure mm -hmm. like just like for sex and, just and so then when you talk about like their the pleasure yeah their pleasure the so then when you talk pleasure. about the health issues yeah. around them it's like that's not that's not the image of vagina i want to have i just want it to be like a sex thing a pleasure mm -hmm. thing for me and that's it you know um right yeah and i don't even care about the vagina holders uh pleasure you know like right. so even even talking about even not even talking about the health or or care of one, but just like how to please one um, is deemed less important for some reason. Um, mm -hmm. Well, um, there's a lot of reasons, but we're gonna focus on, we're not gonna go into some of those, but um, yeah, so that's just, that's how we're gonna get started. So yeah, um, yeah, a lot of those words will be used and they're not bad words, so. Um, mm -hmm. So anyways, Emily, you have ran a group um, with the practice that you work with. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's a women's group and it's called When Sex is a Struggle. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yes. So you probably know a lot about this. It's probably pretty fresh for you, just a lot of the issues that vagina havers have. Um, mm -hmm. And so like, did anything come up or anything, you know, that stood out to you maybe from that group that you were like, huh, that's kind of interesting. I would have expected people to know that, or mm -hmm. I, I thought this would be more, this would have been something that just more people would 
be educated about? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the group has been really, really great. Um, I'll answer your specific question in a second. I just want to talk for a second about how great this group is. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's just been really great. Um, because these are things that, that do not get talked about enough. And a lot of women are just left feeling like I'm the only one, like, why is there something wrong with me? Why has no one taught me how to do this? And, Mm -hmm. um, giving space for women to talk about these things has been, you know, we've just gotten, we, my, um, my co-facilitator and I have gotten, um, really great feedback from our clients. So, um, you know, I mean, like my group is for Illinois and Kentucky residents, but, um, you know, any, like I'm, there's communities out there. If you're looking, if you you know look for them, um, where you can find these safe spaces. So I would really encourage anyone listening to really find some safe spaces to talk about these things. But, um, yeah, so there is one, one, um, particular group session that sticks out. Um, we were doing a, my co-facilitator, Teresa, she found this quiz online, um, and it showed, um, a vulva, parts of a vulva, parts of vagina, um, and you, like, you had to, like, pick, um, like, like, uh, label, <laughs> I can't think of the word, label the, um, label the parts. Mm, and mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't do so well on it. And, um, really? And, and all, the, all of these people presumably had vaginas. Yep. Yep. And, and they didn't know. Yeah. Um, I mean like the major, like, you know, like the, the like that vagina itself, like they knew that one. They may have been new, like, like, well, I just like, yeah, every, cause like even like I've even been doing it, just calling it a vagina when really that's not, that's just one part of it. Right. Like, yeah. Right. You know? So yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, these are parts, these are parts of our body mm-hmm. and we don't know. And then I was thinking about that cause someone pointed that out. And then I was like, well, I don't know if I'd be able to name like my like arteries and every single like muscle in my body, you know, but like I'm yeah. not actively using, yeah. like, I just, you don't have to think about that. Whereas your vulva, you are using your vulva. You use your vulva mm-hmm. every single day. You know, your um, urethra is a part of your vulva. Every mm-hmm. time you use the restroom, you're using it. Every time you have sex, you're using, you're using it. Every time you have a period, you're using it. Like mm-hmm. it's an active part of our bodies that we use daily that we don't know what the parts are. Right. And whose fault is that? Let's see. It's the failure of the <laughs> sex ed system, you know. Right. The so many schools are just do teach right the sex ed. It's and it's how just how the topic itself is just so stigmatized and we just there's just so much we don't know. Like I get angry when I talk about this. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like the, like, I think, you know, the fact that we call that entire area of our body often refer to all of it mm-hmm. as the vagina, but it's mm-hmm. not, that kind of leads us 
to have the image of your vagina is the only pleasure organ as well, mm-hmm. which could not be further from the truth because right. there actually is no such thing as vaginal orgasms. If you have an orgasm through vaginal stimulation, it's because you're indirectly stimulating the clitoris and the clitoris is the pleasure center for women. Like that is mm-hmm. where you get most of the pleasure mm-hmm. and we don't even like say that word cause we just call it vagina. Yeah. And so then we end up like forgetting about all these parts and how the clitoris is, is bigger than we think it is because there's a part that, you know, there's like the like small part that we think of at the top that mm-hmm. we think of as a clitoris, but then it, the it goes part. down. Yeah. yeah. And, um, a lot of people don't know that. And a lot right. of people think that they should be able to orgasm with just stimulating it through the vagina. And then when they're not able to orgasm through intercourse alone, they're like, what's wrong with me? And most women can't. And so I know I've touched on a lot of topics already, but, um, yeah. Yeah, that's, (laughs) yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's really interesting. I think I'm trying to think back, you know, before, um, I guess I really educated myself and continued to Mm -hmm. sort of educate myself on sex and reproductive organs and, you know, the health and care of that, mostly female because, you know, that's what I am concerned about, but also for like penises and stuff. But I mean, um, I'm trying to remember, like, I guess until I really took an interest and was like, huh, why, you know, the information's out there. Why don't I just try to learn it for myself? I don't know that I could have named everything. Yeah. Um, even, you know, even being a person with a vagina, like, I don't, I don't think I could have until I really studied that because I'm thinking back to when I took sex ed, which was like, feels like forever ago Mm -hmm. and we went over anatomy but it wasn't the it wasn't the most important part it was like Mm -hmm. very quick was like these are the parts of a penis and you know the the testicles and then the prostate and then then this is the vulva and these are all the different parts of the female reproductive system and then it just like kind of jumped straight to like don't have sex, STDs, you know, Mm -hmm. and and like the scary stuff. (laughs) And and it was like, that was what it focused mostly on. And now even educating myself with that, they were wrong about so much of that. Oh my God. (laughs) When I learned whatever book that I read for it. Um, But, you know, it, it was just like, it, there was just so much left out. And I know that that, a common thing for a lot of people. There is so much left out mm-hmm. of sex ed because it's considered almost like an 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 extra thing. Uh-huh. It really should just be part of like health or biology. Like it should just be included automatically because like you said, like you that is a part of your body that you are using all of the time. I mean it's like mm-hmm your mouth or your eyes like I'm I'm not you know 
an expert on my eyes, but I can tell you the important parts of my eye. And so if I was talking to my eye doctor and I was like, my retina hurts or something, you know, then they would know what I was talking about and they would be able to help me care for it or treat it in some way. Right. So like just having that vocabulary can make it easier for you to, to talk to your doctor about what's going on with you, the kind of care you need, and for you to talk to your partner about what they need uh-huh. to do to to get to please you. So you don't right. have that vocabulary that can make it really difficult too. And also like I mean I think knowing the parts of your eye is helpful, but if you don't, you don't have to like think about, you know what I mean? Like your eyes just like you open your eyes and they're working fine and like you get what you need from them without well, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like well and most uh, of the time I think that's like you would hope like that's how most things in your body are working and like you don't have to think about them until you have to think about them. Right. But, and that's the thing is like your genitals are things that you actively like and I'm not trying to like contradict your point like I think your point is important that like knowing how to talk about like parts of your body that like you're going like to any to a professional if you're you know Mm -hmm. um but I feel like with your genitals it's like you have to know the parts to know how to use it and Mm -hmm. to know how to get like if you don't know where your clitoris is you're not gonna have pleasure you're not gonna reach orgasm if you don't know like how like where like where like ugh, i can't think of it <laughs> get my thoughts together if you don't know um you know what angle the penis should be in the vagina to get mm-hmm. you know like hit your g-spot mm-hmm. which by the way is right um like on the top like beneath like the the bone that is like mm-hmm. the hard part um but um you know then you're not going to get the most benefit of your genitals <laughs> that mm-hmm. you that you should be able to have and then so many women just feel like why why do i not like self pleasure like they'll be like exploring mm-hmm. on their own and they'll be like i don't really like this this doesn't feel that good it's frustrating it's like, I can't really find where, like, what to do to feel good. I don't really know. And then, like, they might, um, you know, when they're having intercourse, they're like, this kind of hurts. It's kind of uncomfortable. I'm nowhere near reaching orgasm. What is wrong? Why does everyone else seem to just love sex? And for me, it just, mm-hmm. like, feels uncomfortable. Or I'm just, like, not right. getting a lot of pleasure from it. And, um, you know, it just goes back to just a lack of knowledge and a, a lot of like lack of knowledge and just lack of uh, priority, mm-hmm. lack of priority prioritization of women's pleasure. Like, if you're watching a movie or a TV show and they're having sex, it's like they t- they show the male reaching orgasm and then sex is over. 
Mm-hmm. Or they show them magically reaching orgasm at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, so rare. Like, you can. Some couples do, like, are able to have that. But it's very rare. Yeah, and they um, probably worked at it. Yeah. And, you know, like, got really good at knowing each other and knowing what to do. And it, it's just, like, the chance of that happening sporadically with someone you just met is really, really slim. Mm-hmm. Can, but I would not go into a sexual encounter expecting that to be the outcome right and and no one knows that like people people don't realize that they're always showing women having orgasms Mm -hmm. on tv and there are no one is touching their clitoris Mm -hmm. while they're having these orgasms and it gives it gives the idea that women should have amazing sex just from vaginal stimulation and it should always be amazing and it can always be amazing. That's the thing is that it can always be, not always, it can be amazing more than, mm-hmm. than, than, than we think because if we know how, if we know how to make it feel good, but we're just not taught that, taught how, and we're not, we're not, oh, taught yeah. that we're not taught the functions of all of our parts of our genitals we're not we're not taught that you even like what you should even do to get to get there to get to where it feels good and then so many women just go years Mm -hmm. and then they don't like they I mean you know I don't know if you've heard that women's sexual women's peak sexually in their 30s and some say it's because of um like biology but I've also, but that also doesn't really make sense biologically. Mm -hmm. It makes, you know, and I've also heard that it's because it takes women that long to like really discover what feels good to them. Yeah. And, and it's just like, it doesn't have to be this way. And it's like, just really disappointing that it It is. Yeah. Imagine how much better everyone would feel if everyone was just having good sex you know Mm -hmm. um because and this is not even just for like pure you know pleasure even though it it can be like if you want to have sex because it feels good then that's fine um but it is important for your mental health too Mm -hmm. um so in our last podcast, we talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And one of the needs um, towards the very bottom as one of the basic needs that he, you know, he talks about is sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so because we are biologically you know, hardwired to have sex so that we continue to reproduce, that is a... Uh, an innate desire in most people um there are people that don't feel that way and that's fine too but I think if you're someone who does then you shouldn't feel bad about it or weird about it because that's how it's supposed to work you know you're Mm -hmm. supposed to want to reproduce um and luckily for us we developed in a way that sex does not have to only be about reproduction because Mm -hmm. we do get pleasure from it. So not all, you know, animals 
um, or even mammals that that have sex have pleasure or do it for pleasure. We're mm -hmm. one of the few. Um, and that's awesome. Lucky us. So we should mm -hmm. take full advantage of that. Um, because a healthy sex life is good for your mental health, of course. Um, it's also good for your physical health. Um, it relieves stress. You know, it lowers your cortisol levels. It increases mm -hmm. all the good chemicals in your brain that you need. It, it helps you bond with the person. Um, physical having, touch. I mean, physical yes. touch is a need. We have mm -hmm. that need for sure. Oh yeah. That's a, yeah, that's true. If you, if you're starved of physical touch or you don't get it, especially in your early developmental years, if you don't get safe, you know, loving, uh, you know, protective sort of touch from your caregivers, then that has law a lot of negative effects mm -hmm. on your personality and your even just your physical and your brain development so i mean that is a basic need as much as eating drinking and sleeping is sex is too so mm -hmm. might as well do it in a way that is healthy and safe and pleasurable for everyone involved um mm -hmm. you know going into like much larger sort of um social issues from like the impact of like you know more than just not knowing like where the clitoris is or you know uh the fact that you that women don't pee from their vagina there's actually another hole your urethra that it comes out of like i've mm -hmm. actually had to explain that to adults before and mm -hmm. I thought like, oh my gosh, how do they not know this? <laughs> but then, mm -hmm. you know, but then I was like, I'm taking for granted the fact that I know this and a lot of people don't. And um, so even more than just like those basic things, the sort of the unknown of, you know, the female anatomy and female mm -hmm. pleasure and female sexuality and all the myths that are around it and all of the um stigma that can be around it in in our culture and in, in lots of other cultures um mm -hmm. currently throughout time i mean it, it's quite a prevalent historical thing there's a lot of oppression towards women and repression of women's sexuality um, mm -hmm. throughout history and just a lot of really bad things happening to women because people don't understand, mm -hmm. you know, they, they don't understand female anatomy and female pleasure as being as legitimate, as real, as important, as normal as male pleasure and anatomy. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, and then that goes into so many different kinds of, of things, but that's why it's important. You know, it's not just important because you should know it because it's a part of your body. And, you know, you want to have good, healthy, safe sex. You should know it. Like, that's true. But also we should, people should be educated about it in the greater global sense to right. help with, you know, all, all the, the misconceptions and the, just mm -hmm. the, you know what I mean, the continual sort of oppression around um, 
female reproduction and sexuality. So yeah, there is so much. I mean, if we're talking about on a global scale and here in the United States mm -hmm. too, um, but like there's some really awful things that happen. Um, mm -hmm. I don't even know if I want to talk about it. So yeah, I know that's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to go there today. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure like, a lot of people can, yeah. yeah. Think the of. genital mutilation that's what yeah I'm that's exactly about. Um, what i was thinking about and um i mean it's yeah let's not go because it's like it's really awful um but yeah i mean but that's I mean, a real reality right. for for girls and women across the world and mm -hmm. and and just even other things you know reproductive rights i mean that is something that we are constantly fighting for e even right. in this country um and so and and just access to good health care um mm -hmm. access to comprehensive health care for women and um you know like any family planning or contraceptive or anything like that like we kind of can take those things for granted um if you have the privilege of having access to that and the education around that and having you know doctors that are are informed and you know not gonna have you know put their own biases into um the decisions you make about your body but not everyone has that so mm -hmm. those things are really important education is in, is important for knowledge but it's also important for self-advocacy mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think you know access to reproductive rights and contraceptives and um that's such a huge a huge thing um and you know the the fact that it is um more accessible to some than others is you know going back to last week classism mm -hmm. racism um you know like there, there, there's just so it's it it should not be this difficult you know to get birth control or to get an iud or to get you know whatever yeah. form of contraceptive that you choose to use um and you know what's always bothered me about that is that women have to pay for these things yet mm -hmm. men are the ones that also benefit you know like yes you are not going to be a father because i mm -hmm. am uh you know spending all of this money and going through all of this you know and getting your exams all the time and yeah and i'm done, having to put all, all this stuff. money toward it yeah. to keep to help you not become a father and like i just find that so unfair like yes. why and do you why do they not have to they don't like, have to do anything yeah and there there are like men's birth control is possible it's I know. very possible and it's possible it's easy and it's often it's reversible yeah but no there's like i mean vasectomies yeah but there's there's um a product that's like being yeah, tested yeah. now um and oh, why sure, but yeah. why did it take this long you know i mean and it's like the the burden of all of this is on women and the the financial burden and the the seriously the, yeah the, the toll it takes on our bodies and our mental health mm -hmm. and 
And it's like, we're just so unappreciated for it. Do you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> we have to go through all of this and then you can't even like give us good healthcare so that we can get it. You can't right. even like, it's like saying like, okay, preventing pregnancy is your domain but then you have to pay for it and you have to not like have access to services for it. And it's yeah. just, and if something like, goes wrong, it's your fault. Even right. though it takes, it takes two to make a baby. Um, it, the responsibility and the fault is both on the woman. Mm -hmm. How does and it's that like, make sense? People want it both ways. And then they mm -hmm. like, they, make us pay so much to have birth control or, you know, a form of contraception. And then they want to not let us have abortions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, or even like the plan B pill is like mm -hmm. $50 and like, and there's also really? such a lack of, of research in these areas. Like, like, um, like, uh, so a lot of people, everyone knows about erectile dysfunction. They mm -hmm. know that that's a thing. They know it exists. Mm -hmm. They could name one or two treatments off the top of their heads. Viagra. Everyone knows what Viagra is, yeah. you know? Um, but there's also plenty of women's disorders. There's bad vaginismus. Mm -hmm. There's vulvodynia. Vulvodynia. Is that mm -hmm. how you say it? There's, um, assume, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but like real quick, vaginismus for those of you who don't know, is um, it's uh, muscle spasms of the vagina, uh, which causes extremely painful sex. Mm -hmm. uh, Valvodynia is, um, I think that's more of like pain to the touch more so than like, yeah. I'm not totally sure, um, to be honest with you. And then there's uh, like female orgasmic disorder, which is difficulty reaching orgasm. There's there's a lot of women's disorders. No one knows what these things are. No one knows what the treatments are for them. No one getting funding to, um, mm -hmm. for research. There are so Even, many more studies on erectile dysfunction yeah. than there is on these women's issues, on these women's disorders. Right. And even getting your insurance to pay for treatment. For yes. Treatment, you can be denied for it because yeah. they consider mm -hmm. it like, elective or something like how how is the pain in my vagina not important to my health how is that elective i don't understand right. you know and, uh, like if yeah, i pain so in my like, eye would that be elective no right so like i was um talking so there's pelvic floor physical therapy mm -hmm. for which is a treatment for vaginismus and i was talking to to a, um, a physical therapist that specializes in that and she was saying how you have to like, so if you have vaginismus, it also affects like your bowels and urination. Mm -hmm. And it also like, so you have to like, m like you have to bill it to insurance as like a bowel disorder rather mm -hmm. than a vaginal disorder in order to get it covered. Because if it's just for a, like a, a vaginal disorder, like a difficulty having sex, they won't cover it. Like it's so much harder to get it covered. And it's just, and then it's, you know, if any other part of your body, if you go to physical therapy for any other part of your body, they cover it so much mm -hmm. easier. So why is it mm -hmm. just because it's your vagina 
-hmm. It's suddenly like an extra. It's a luxury. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. It's seen as a luxury. Mm -hmm. Women having, having (laughs) pleasure is a luxury. Pain-free sex is a luxury. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it is. And why, and it's so hard to talk about those things. Um, even with other women, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the, the stigma is so strong. Um, the misogyny, the internal misogyny can be really strong. Like, Mm-hmm. You no, know, just talk. Just talking about ba- basic things. Not even like so. There's those disorders which can be really. Um, people can feel a lot of shame or embarrassment or concern about those kinds of things, making them not want to seek help, not want to talk about it, not want to go through, you know, jump all the loops that they have to to get this paid for to find a doctor who can help them, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So there's that. But then even just like if you just want to talk about like normal things that happen to vaginas every day, like yeast infections or like, you know, like what kind of, you know, um, menstrual products to use or like mm-hmm. how do you, how do you properly wash your vagina? Like things like that. Like mm-hmm. that's even hard to talk about. What do you do if you have like a weird bump down there? You know, mm-hmm. what do you do if, I mean, and there's so many things that are normal that a lot of people also freak out about and like, oh my gosh, what is this? What is this discharge? Like, well, like it's, a, there's supposed to be some discharge, you know, like that's normal. Yeah. Like there, there's just this whole cycle of things that um, a lot of people just don't know about sort of this um, blissful ignorance until something happens. And then it's like, oh crap how do I, I, you know, how do I fix this? And like you had mentioned plan B, um, and like emergency contraceptive. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting because so like we have, we have that now we have these pills that you can Mm -hmm. take, you know, within a certain time period after unprotected sex, and it can prevent pregnancy, um, which is awesome. But (laughs) the 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 three main options and i think there really is only three um options i'm i'm pretty sure um one of them is you know what you typically think of as the plan b and then there's a few other forms that are very similar but anyways mm-hmm. that none of them are effective did you know for um or as effective um, for anyone who weighs over 155 pounds. What? Yeah. Really? I had yes. no idea. Yes, I know. Wow. So, that's not even that, like, that's not even a lot. No, it's pounds. not. There are so many. <laughs> the average was, woman is, like, probably 10 to 20 pounds more than that, typically. Yeah. And so, but then, you know, so there is a whole percentage of people that this will not be as effective for. So. And when, when you talk about as effective, like the trials, the studies, the dosage, it was all done for people in the weight class, you know, 155 pounds or less. So if your weight is higher than that, the percentage of effectiveness decreases by how much they don't know. Um, there's no other option though. There's no other alternative. If you weigh 200 pounds, 
and you need to take an emergency contraceptive pill, you can take it and then like cross your fingers and hope because it may work, it may not. And um, nobody really knows <laughs> what, what it will do and how effective it will be based on your weight. And what's yeah. weird about it too, what's weird about it too. So like with like a, a lot of medication, most of the time the dose is based on like age um, and then like your weight, you know, they dose medicine based on that. Like children take smaller doses than adults because the body size difference. With plan B, it's not even like, you just like double up on it or you just take more. They don't even like suggest you do that because they don't even think that that's even good for you. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, that just really makes it, you know, like it, it's not 99% effective or whatever they say it is. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you're at uh, a higher weight than what, than 155 pounds. So that's something that yeah, I had no you. idea. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So there's like yeah. really no options for plus size women. Um, yeah, and me, my reaction being saying that's not even a lot was not implying that if it were a high number, that should matter. You know, like just that that um, it should be it, it should be something that all women, regardless of the size are able to have equal amount of access to. Right. And I'm sure like there's like there should be know, another alternative or like like we yeah. like I said, another like dosage, you know, like maybe if you're over 155 pounds, you take like a pill and a half or something, or you take a pill and then take another, you know, like like you would with other medication. Mm -hmm. Um but there's there's not that. So it's people are taking medication for that's not made for or tested for their weight and they don't know that it that it's going to be effective or not um, yeah i mean that brings another facet of the social justice piece of of this is is how everything's just catered toward people of a certain size mm -hmm. um, like sizeism sizeism mm -hmm. is huge and and we don't talk about it. Mm -mm. Like even social justice advocates don't talk about sizeism very much. Yeah. Um, but it's a very real thing. Like, I, like I've, that's, I've heard a lot of people say like being fat phobic, you know, is like the only, you know, still acceptable, like bias mm -hmm. to have, you know, like, if you have, if you're a bigot in any other way, um, like people will call you out on it typically, you know, hopefully, um, because that's not cool, bro. Like you don't do that. We don't do that. But if you're fat phobic, like that's, yeah, that's fine. You know, like people don't yeah. care as much. Um, because it's under the guise of like, well, I'm just stating you know, facts and just concerned for their health and blah, for blah, their blah. Health, yeah. And it's like, well, you're not their doctor. So mm -hmm. their health is not your concern. 
you're not their doctor and there are plenty of fat people who are healthier than skinny people because weight is not the only indicator of health like there are plenty of skinny people who just have a really high metabolism but eat poorly don't exercise plenty of fat people who eat well exercise and they're still fat but people Mm -hmm. think that they're unhealthy yeah exactly based on their weight and the idea that right the idea that weight is as big of a factor on your physical health as they make you think it is is just not true it's one part and it could be a, a negative influencer on your health it also could not affect your health in any way so it's like you just don't know until you know it, i mean the only people that should care about that are you and your doctor who's mm-hmm. treating you so but you know that's a little off subject um yeah no, i was thinking we should def- we we could do another yeah yeah for sure that, but but you know so even like yeah uh, even contraception for, you know, is, is sizest in that way. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things like that, that people just don't know, like um, birth control can eat hormonal birth control can even be less effective um, as mm. your weight goes up. So, you know, if you're taking a pill every day, hoping that that's, you know, that's supposed to be 99% effective if you take it right, you know, if you take it correctly. Um, but that's also really much based on weight too. Yeah. And see, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the science behind these things. So like, I don't know if they're like how easy it is to find alternatives, but like, we know that, that, you know, like people who want to do research, on women's reproductive reproduction women's um reproduct like affecting women's sexual and reproductive health the people that are trying to do research and get funding for their research they have a really hard time getting funding um like i read somewhere that like studies on um back to to the um sexual disorders like studies Mm -hmm. on um like erectile dysfunction are so much more funded than studies on women's disorders and i'm sure that there oh, yeah. I mean, there is probably so much more i mean we mentioned male birth control earlier that is something that definitely could have we could have had by now if people mm-hmm. you know wanted it you know it's it's just the fact that no one wants it because because yeah. it's it's men you know men are still in positions of power more often than women men are the ones that make these decisions Mm -hmm. so why would they choose to give funding to a project that's going to cause them to have to take birth control they don't want that they like it the way it is yeah and and so i would guess that if if there were funding for for birth for different um options for birth control whether that be plan B or, you know, the daily pill or what, you know, the IUD, whatever it is you have. Um, we, there's, there's so much more that can be done that is just not getting done. Mm -hmm. Like they, I'm sure there are plenty of options for 
women over 150 pounds, you know, that's yeah. be just there's, as effective. There should for, be. Yeah. I mean, and, it's, and it's 2020. Probably, like we should have that by now. Yeah. It's probably not even that hard to find. <laughs> it's just that it's not a priority. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's really infuriating. And, and just how it's, you know, people call it a, a war on women. It is. I mean, it's like, why should we have to fight so hard to get these basic things? Like they are basic, basic things. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and right. And women's health care should not be separate from health care. Just mm-hmm. like mental health should not be separate from health care. Like women's reproductive care, contraceptives, emergency contraceptives, anything like that, uh, abortion, like all of that is healthcare because women are 51% of the world's population. So like anything that affects us is absolutely important, just as important as anything that affects men. And it needs to be treated and talked about as, as commonplace as Mm-hmm. you know, like gastrointestinal issues or yeah. cancer or, um, you know, just anything like that. It, it should be, yeah, that's just, that's just healthcare. That's just what you do. There are a lot of other reasons besides, you know, not getting pregnant that people take birth control and or you know use uh-huh. contraceptives so it's not even just family planning which even if it was that's fine you know it, yeah that should be okay too but it's not just so like oh i don't want to have kids so i'm going to take this pill like you know it, it really is a health care thing it affects mm-hmm. a lot having the you know, having those hormones can really balance out a lot of things for women. Um, it can help with period cramps. It can help with PMPD, mm-hmm. um, and PMS and premenstrual, um, wait, this work disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Which is like <laughs> severe PMS, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. PMS mixed with like, uh, like a mood disorder, but it only happens like around the time that you're supposed to have your period because it's all like hormonal Mm -hmm. and um and uh what else and acne or like Mm -hmm. um even being on like being on birth control can even lower your chances of getting certain cancers Mm -hmm. um because of the estrogen in it so you know this is healthcare. it's preventative and it's important. And um, that stuff that's not really talked about in sex ed either, just going back to mm-hmm. the topic, like, I think I learned about like condoms and STDs. Yeah, a little bit about STDs. That wasn't very comprehensive either. Um, cause there's so many misconceptions about STDs, which I could talk about that forever. So I won't, but, um, <laughs> or like, and then I learned about like, um, I did learn about like abortion in sex ed, 
but Mm -hmm. that was it. Like, yeah, those were the two only two, like those were your only two options, you know, like what? Um, it's, I don't know. It was weird, but the other thing. So, um, I know that we've got a little bit of time left, but just something that I thought was kind of interesting that they don't talk about in sex ed is sex toys. Mm So, um, that's a part of a normie, normal, healthy sex life is, mm-hmm. you know, lots of people use sex toys for themselves, with their partner, whatever. Um, and there is so much that has to do with that, that I feel like um, it's just not talked about and there's not enough yeah. education about those things. So and I didn't even know some of this stuff until, again, I decided I want to learn about it. I want to learn, like, I want to educate myself. Yeah. Um, and that is is um, another perfect example about how women's pleasure is not prioritized because a lot of women struggle. Well, I mean, a lot of women struggle to have an orgasm, period. But mm-hmm. um, a lot struggle even more to do so without a vibrator. You know, there's a lot of, like, it's so much easier to reach orgasm if you're using sex toys. Um, whereas for men, it's, it's much easier and, and no one, no one taught us this. <laughs> and right, so then you, right. you go and you're trying to either orgasm through intercourse or manual stimulation, um, or oral stimulation, you know, and, and you're just not getting there. And, and you're mm-hmm. like, why? Why is everyone else able to do that? You know, like, what is And, um, you know, w- wanting to make sure we also keep mental health as um, a piece of this conversation, like, that has, that has an impact on your mental health because it makes you feel like you're the only one. Mm-hmm. Like, like if, if you're not taught these things, then it's, it sends the message that you, you shouldn't struggle. You shouldn't struggle with this. Mm -hmm. So then when you do struggle with it, you're like, there's something wrong with me. Why am I not able to do this? Why is everyone else? You're abnormal in some way when actually you're very normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also just the feeling of like, uh, of shame about it. Mm -hmm. Of like, this is dirty. I shouldn't talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so then there's just a lot of self-esteem issues that come from that. Um, and that can really affect people too when it comes to their relationships. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, if it's affecting your, your sex life with your partner, um, that's also going to affect your relationship with them because it affects how you feel about yourself it may affect how your partner feels about themselves, you know, if they don't know how to help you or they don't understand what's going on. Um, and not having that confidence, not being able to talk to your partner about these things, about what's going on with you, about what you need and what they need, you know, it's not going to be as fulfilling and it may not be as safe. And I think that's probably mm-hmm. the most important thing is that it's safe. Like, so one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I brought up sex toys is because so many accidents and health issues and health emergencies 
can happen from improperly using sex toys and people Mm -hmm. don't talk about that so like if you've ever talked to like an emergency room (laughs) nurse or doctor they will tell you that they pull out a lot of things out of people's bodies Mm -hmm. um some of them are toys that were made for that some of them were not made for that but were used for that and the problem is that the complications that people have from this later on or the damage that can be done um, is really bad and it's really scary to think that people are using these things and putting things into their body and they don't even know what what they're putting into right. their body so like yeah. when it comes to like using sex toys you should try to research what the tool, what, you know, what kind of toys are out there, what kind of things would be best for you, what you want from the toy, what you're going to use it for. And then you should also research the material that it's made from and how it's made because a lot of these, a lot of these toys that you buy are for quote unquote novelty use which Mm -hmm. means that it's not body safe and it's not you know it's not fda approved nobody's checking to see if this is safe for you to use on a regular basis um it's so because they can sell it as novelty then it doesn't have to be regulated so Mm -hmm. you need to look for body safe silicone or glass those are probably those are the two and some metals but you just have to be really careful those are those are the ones that you want you don't want you want glass yeah glass can glass is fine Mm -hmm. but you have to make sure you've got to be careful with glass too because you really want to make sure that it's well made because you would not want that to break that's what i was just thinking (laughs) but it is safer you know just as far as like uh, material in your body nothing is going to seep out of the glass into your body and be absorbed into your bloodstream mm-hmm. you just have to be careful about you know it breaking but um as far as like anything else like body safe silicone is probably the best because nothing's going to seep out into your body and it's also not going to absorb anything from your body into it so it's easier to clean and mm-hmm. you don't run the risk of like giving yourself an infection from it. Cleaning um, is important cleaning also as well, so, cleaning them. So yeah. important. You should, yeah, you should learn, research how to clean them, what to use to clean them with. Do not put them in the dishwasher. Do not use regular soap uh, because that will irritate you when you go to use it later and it can damage the toys anyways and make them like defective. Also, <laughs> I could go on for this forever. Like mm-hmm. also like condoms and lube along with toys. You really got to make sure that the lubricant that you're using is made for what you're using it for. Okay. So there's different kinds. Water-based mm-hmm. lubricants are prop are the best. I mean, they're safe with uh, most condoms and don't use a condom if it's not safe 
with water-based lubricant because then it's just not even worth using. Um, and and water-based lubricants are safe with all toys. Um, if you're gonna use a silicone-based lubricant, which some people use just because it's a little thicker, don't use it with a silicone toy. So silicone and silicone cannot go together. They will erode each other. It will I, I do not know like any of like that's what, what I'm saying. Know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> though. I'm learning so much right now. Like up until I'm, like a couple weeks yeah. ago, I didn't either. <laughs> and <laughs> you're I'm just rattling this stuff off. Like <laughs> where is she getting this shit from? I'm just no, saying, but, like yeah, like. <laughs> Cause I mean, I, I could do a whole Ted talk about this, this sort of, you know, stuff. And, but like, really like just, these are just some things to know, please research this on your own. There are um, YouTube videos out there about that. There are articles out there about that. Um, there, there, there's, there's resources out there about how to care for your sex toys, what kind to use, what are safe, what to look for, you know, and how to care for yourself when you're using them. Um, you know, some things are made for, for certain types of sex and some are not, and you should know that and you should be careful. You know, um, th there's just a lot. I mean, I could really get into it. I think a big tip, um, when you're talking about like uh -huh. people that get stuff pulled out of them in emergency rooms, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna use something anally, um, make sure that it, you know, it has like a, a, a tapered out end or that it like has some sort of hook or something on the outside because things can get lost in your anal cavity <sighs> and you will not be able to get them out. But, yeah, you don't yeah. want you don't want that. You just don't want to stick anything up there without a way to get it out. Yeah, where at least with the vagina, it won't get lost. You can get it out. So, um, but you know, even even just things like that, like, no, yeah. nobody tells you that. So you like what you're like. I'm, um, you know, uh, uh, an independent you know, feminist woman and I'm going to go buy myself, you know, some sex toys and like be really liberated. And then you go to buy them and you're like, I, what do I, what do I get? Yeah. What do I use? I mean, there's so many different things depending on the type of pleasure that you're trying to receive. You got to know, Yeah. you know, what do you want from it and how to use it properly? And, um, all of that really again is so you can have pleasure but also so you can be safe right yeah and the fact thing. that the fact that no one teaches us these things i mean it just sends the message again that you are not a priority mm -hmm. your pleasure doesn't matter your safety doesn't matter your health doesn't matter and it's just you know, back to mental health, it's, it's just like, we, we get these, the patriarchy just sends us these messages. Like you are not like, like you are, you are the other, you are the second to, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's just, it, I mean, no wonder so many women 
do have low self-worth. I mean, there's just like, I just learned so much just now. Like I didn't know any of that stuff about sex toys, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, you know, and the way that like, you know, I mean, kind of jumping back, but like when we were talking about PMS or PMDD, like those, those are moments in a woman's menstrual cycle where she has some really bad mental health issues. Like, Mm -hmm. and that stuff is like, so people often joke about PMS. Right, right. Like they think it's funny, and it is not funny at all. It affects a woman's mental and physical health. PMDD, like, like I forgot what the letters were, but I know, you know, I know what mm-hmm. it is. Like, like what the letters stand for. But that's like really debilitating, and how it's hard for women to get birth control be- and to get their treatment for it, and like, just so many messages that are just told, like your pleasure matters less, your mental and physical health matters less, your safety matters less. And it's, it's just, it's, it's really awful and it, it really needs to change. And I really hope that, you know, this, like this episode can be kind of inspiring maybe to some people, um, vagina owners that, um, you know, to and people to, who love vagina owners. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. Um, to learn more and to advocate more and to, you know, talk about this more, find more safe spaces to talk about it because it's it's mm-hmm. it's so important. And like you said, you know, fifty one percent of the population, mm-hmm. you know, has has a vagina and a vulva and. Um, yet all of these issues are still so rampant and yeah oh yeah and right right and all of those things are that you talked about those are real mental health disorders and yes um and real physical health disorders when it comes to like the sexual disorders you were talking about like those Mm -hmm. are not just mild inconveniences those are serious things that that affect people and um, affect their quality of life. And so that's why it's important. You're not, you know, mm-hmm. like I said before, like we're all made to reproduce. And so we can't do anything about that. Like we're ready, you know, our, our bodies want us to do that. Let's do it in a safe way and in a way where everyone can enjoy themselves um, right. and nobody has to feel bad or be in danger or have any complications from it. Like it's just better to be aware. And I'm talking about the sex ed thing, like that's why we, we need to change what we teach and how we teach it. And we need to just talk more about these things so that younger people, um, you know, teenagers, young adults, I mean, even older people, you know, have the issue of of maybe not having enough education, but especially as, you know, you're growing up and you're developing and you're going through puberty and you're starting to Mm -hmm. maybe have your first sexual experiences, like, let's make it safer for them. Let's make it better for them so that people are not traumatized later in life 
you know, because of bad experiences that they had when they were yeah. teenagers and young adults. And, you know, let's help people, you know, let's help teens be safe and know how to talk about it and feel comfortable talking about it so that we can help them make better decisions and have healthier, um, you know, sex lives and relationships. I mean, it's, it's all wrapped up and mm-hmm. that's why, you know, that's why it is important um, for us to be comprehensive about yeah. sex education. And so and, go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I, um, sex education you know, talking about actual sex, you know, starting mm-hmm. that like around, around puberty, you know, but mm-hmm. your sex parts mm-hmm. as a child, <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Vagina. That's your vagina. That's your vulva. That's your penis. Mm-hmm. Those are like, call them by their names, teach mm-hmm. them how to take care of them, make it an open conversation, teach them that they are private Mm-hmm. but not bad yes. and private meaning that you don't talk about them with anyone private meaning you don't show them to other people mm-hmm. but you know private meaning you you talk can talk openly about them with with the people that take care of you mm-hmm. but you know and and because kids are taught like you know we take like call them like a a PP or a, you know, and, a and they go, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, a monkey. I've heard monkey oh before. <laughs> like, well, that, why? Like, why are you teaching them <sighs> I that that's a bad word? Like yeah. those are, and, and we're teaching them that, that private equals bad and it, it does not equal bad. And we can't, we can't be teaching kids that association because mm-hmm. that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. exactly and as a matter of safety for them too like they need to be taught the correct terms and they need to know you know about consent and about what's private and you know how to be safe so that they can be safe that they're not vulnerable to people that might try to harm them or take advantage of their naivety um Mm -hmm. and and you know and so um yeah, just just use the re- just use the correct terms with your kids. They're not bad words. Don't make them into bad words, and your kids won't even think twice about them. Mm-hmm. I think, like, just a quick story before we go. I know you've had this experience too, Emily, because we've we've both worked with kids before, but mm-hmm. and, and especially with kids that you know, at, um, a place that we worked together, we worked with kids that had oftentimes been abused and some of it was sexual abuse and so part of that was like teaching them about their body and like the sort of good touch bad touch stuff like body safety and and consent and um so there was just a lot of that that we had to do and I mean I just started doing it with all kids I didn't care they came in like eventually at one point we were going to talk about body safety and your body parts and it was just funny to see their reactions. Like there's nothing funny to me about the word vagina or about the word penis. Mm-hmm. But when like, you know, a six-year-old giggles every time you say it, you, you kind of start to giggle too. Like, and you're like, yeah, you're not making me laugh. Cause this is not a funny word. Like, why are you? Laughing? Yeah. But, um, 
it, it, it's just interesting to see how kids, based on how they were taught, react to those words and um, and and how they look yeah. at you like, are you are we allowed? Are you allowed to say that word? Like, isn't that yeah. a bad word? And you're like, yeah, like that's the thing. They need to be taught that there are certain places you don't say that word. You shouldn't go around yeah. school like being like vagina vagina you know if if a kid just like because you know we have to teach them that they are private parts and and words that you only say you know that there's appropriate places to talk about this but they're not bad and they're not shameful and they're they're not like and in something huh well i was to say in fact the only reason why kids go around you know, saying stuff like that, like vagina, penis, and <laughs> laughing is because we make them think that there's something bad or naughty about those words. Yeah, yeah. No, you like, nobody laughs because they're like, oh, nasal cavity. Oh. Like, <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> you know, there's nothing weird about that. My elbow. <laughs> like, yeah. okay. So, yeah, if we just, if that's not a problem, then kids aren't going to even make that a thing. Yeah. Because, um, but if adults don't react when it, when a child says vagina, if they're just like, yep, that's what it's called, you know, then, okay, they're not going to just keep doing that because they want the reaction anyways. So they'll move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So let's wrap up. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with friends and family. And don't forget to follow the show's Instagram for updates on new episodes. Our Instagram is just mental health podcast with a period between each word. We record a new episode every week. This is Steph. And I'm signing off. Thanks for listening.